Hello there. My name is John Recchia, and you are tuned in to my new podcast, Innocence Lost. I didn't have a proper title in the first episode, um, but I've been giving it some thoughts, and this is what I'm going to go with. I really struggle with titles, but based on the content I'm trying to do, and just because of an inside joke with some of my friends, it seems like the one I'm going to stick with. There's this movie that I'm obsessed with called This Is The End, um, and it's about a bunch of famous people um, who play themselves. So like Seth Rogen's in it, Jonah Hill, James Franco, that whole crowd of people um, convened to a house party um, <laughs> and the apocalypse ensues. And at some point in the movie, Jay Baruchel is walking past a um, like a swing set that's like abandoned and he very epically and dramatically just says innocence lost um, <laughs> and it's always something that cracks me up and it's always something I'm I'm saying around the house so it just seemed like a decent bet so yeah this week I'm gonna be a little more free-flowing with my opening monologue here this week I'm just chilling um, I'm in my room in Brooklyn um, got some work done this morning, and I have some extra time in the afternoon to record this intro. Um, yeah, things are going pretty well. I've gotten a lot done, and I've gone out and explored a lot um, of Brooklyn and Manhattan. As many of you know, I am a big Beastie Boys fan and a big Talking Heads fan, so so me and my new roommate... Um, Yudesh, who is the topic of this episode, um, ventured into the Lower East Side and checked out Electric Ladyland Studios, where a ton of very great and famous people have recorded music. Um, we went to the old site for CBGB, which is a famous rock club in New York where the Talking Heads came up. Um, that is now a John Varvados, but <clears throat> they had a they had a cool mural across the street that made it all worth it. And finally, we went to the site where the album cover for Paul's Boutique, um, the Beastie Boys sophomore album, uh, was taken, and they have a really cool mural there as well. So naturally, I had a lot of fun with those activities, um, and I had a lot of fun with Yudesh, who. I had the pleasure of talking to a couple months ago, um, and you're going to hear that today. So before this conversation, we had no idea we were going to be roommates together in Brooklyn, um, and it just kind of worked itself out. Um, in this discussion, we talk about music, we talk about sadness, <laughs> we talk about dating, um, and talk about losing innocence in general, which uh, fits with the title well. Um, so I hope you enjoy. I saw you in the dream, Jordy. I think it must be a good thing. You were running with the shadows, but you came back to shine a light on me. I was one of those kids that went super fucking hard at the pacer test and was like sweating in math class after that and smelling <laughs> like shit. <laughs> As one of those guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking gym class, so, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a time. Um, so, in elementary school, I assume you met Marco, Mitt, and Paris. 
right? Yes. So we all lived in. Okay. So basically, the the elementary school boundaries were our little uh, suburban subdivision uh, that we were living in. Um, so I met all of them. Um, I actually met so um, Marco and Mitt were there with me as a kindergartner. But the first person I actually met, I think, was Paris. Um, and he moved from just a nearby, I think, like Carroll Stream or something like that uh, in second grade. Uh, yeah, so I remember meeting him first. Uh, I think the the reason we probably associated with each other is that we were just two little brown boys. And we were like, what's up? We lived a couple houses down. Right, yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's crazy to think that. Um, I guess with the with, with the exception of Mitt, but I feel like I could still hit him up. But like we're all still in touch with each other. Um, I met Marco probably like third grade. Obviously, still talk to him all the time. And and homies, homies ever since. Yeah, and I I don't think that's like a a normal thing. I think you see even like with high school friends. I think you see a lot of people that like leave high school and they're like, I never want to see any of these people again. So it's a, and so let alone elementary school. I don't know what uh, criteria we had. Um, It's starting to hang out, but I guess, uh, I guess we got lucky. I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. So then, so then you go to middle school um, at Redling. Um, That was, that was the time. (laughs) That's where we kind of, so we're kind of like the whole, well, more of the, it seems like we, we added pieces to like the squad as, uh, as years went on. Um, but yeah, in middle school is when we met. Do you remember, do you have any early memories of me? Can you think of like the first time? Oh, well, we kind of knew each other in elementary school a little bit because of the, the cello mishap. <laughs> the what? I think back to me dropping the cello. Third oh, see, I I didn't even yeah. So the, the orchestra <laughs> connection. I didn't even think about the yeah. schools were combined. Yes. Yeah. So we we had an orchestra connection mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, um, and I knew I knew uh, you as that guy, but I didn't know. Yeah. You. Right, and I, I remember Mar- Marco always says that um, he always used to switch like stands like before. Um, like rehearsal with me and Connor Mannion because he was like fuck this dude <laughs> <laughs> which is funny so yeah um, apart from yeah apart from that I think I don't even know what the timeline is for this but the bags tournament big oh yeah, yeah that, that was uh, big big moment in our friendship <laughs> yeah that was huge because I didn't think I know you I didn't think I knew you that well before we entered it and I don't know, uh-huh. like, how it even, like, happened, but I don't, uh, you, do you want to, do you want to tell the story? Or, uh? Yeah, so definitely, <laughs> definitely a formative uh, uh, experience in our relationship, for sure. We, uh, we joined a, a bags tournament. Um, I forget, there was, like, a buy-in, um, and I think you got, you got, like, a hundred bucks, or maybe, maybe it was, like, a hundred bucks each, if you It want. was a lot of money, I remember. <laughs> it was, a, it time. was, like, a fuck... It was, like, a fuck ton of money, like, at the time, for sure. Um, <laughs> and we and we won. I remember, like, we kind of we kind of went down 
went down early. Um, and I, I think it was a double elimination. And I think we lost like early on in the tournament. And uh, we, we learned from our mistakes. And then we came back. And we won it all. And I remember we beat some little girls that were probably like five years younger than us or something. Um, <laughs> they cried. <laughs> you, they, cried. <laughs> they cried, and we like like jumped up in the air and like celebrated. Like we were trying, we were trying so hard. <laughs> we were trying incredibly <laughs> hard. Um, because I don't know if at the time we were thinking about this, but I remember um, like putting that winning toward uh, Mono for three. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know which cod time. it was, but I knew I would have <laughs> bought cod. It, it was a, it was a cod, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, and then what I kind of the first like kind of memory I have of you is uh, me when I kind of I remember. So we were in orchestra together um, for years, um, and I remember I, I broke my thumbs, which is like a story I kind of tell a lot, um, but. I, bro- I broke both my thumbs. It happened. Um, so I couldn't, like, play the cello <clears throat> for a while, like a few months. And for whatever reason, I just started, like, like I would still have to go to, like, orchestra rehearsal and shit, even though I couldn't play. So I would just kind of just sit there and hang out. Um, and I remember, for whatever reason, I started gravitating towards you. Um, and we just started hanging, like, in the violin section. Well, like you would play and I would just kind of sit there um, and then I kind of like how kind of how I like start to think of squads being merged was that was kind of how I met you and then from there things kind of took off um, which was very interesting I guess that was that, that was yeah I do rem- I, I yeah <laughs> I, I remember you breaking both of your thumbs I didn't know I for some reason I thought that was in high school but now and, and yeah, it was middle school and it's i feel like all the when i think about orchestra like i just instantly go to that high school orchestra room but i i right. kind of forgot about that just like was it even like an orchestra room it was just like a like it was like a weirdly shaped like just normal like room yeah. that was just like in the corner of the middle school uh-huh. mr yeah. pasick's just fucking jim pass on his bullshit yeah. <laughs> He would always used to take my uh, take my bow away from me because I would just like play a lot, just like when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> there were like two or three occasions where he like just like took my bow at the beginning of rehearsal, and I had to just like pluck the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was a strange so, guy. He was a strange guy. Yeah, I guess middle the, school. Was... Yeah, the middle school teacher in general, in some ways, and the definitely a middle school like arts teacher. It attracts a yeah an interesting yeah yeah. So that was so that was a long fucking time ago. So we can kind of move to to St. Charles East, which is kind of I don't know where where the transition kind of began. I feel like into kind of who you are now. <laughs> um, what was that experience like for you overall? would you say did you looking back on it like did you like high school i honestly i think i enjoyed it a decent amount or i wouldn't say i enjoyed it but no i yeah no i wouldn't say i completely enjoyed it um but i don't think i would be on the level of people that just kind of hated it um in in, in some ways i'm i'm at the same point i'm at now you know i was just going through it 
and I mean, luckily I had, I think I had some pretty good friends and we're all still, uh, talking to each other, but yeah, just kind of being, I mean, it's definitely like a very different experience than today when it's nice to go to school every day and kind of just see all your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part I enjoyed. I don't think I ever liked going like just school though, you know? Yeah. I mean, waking up at, like, I, I don't even know when... 6.30? Like, yeah, like, school started at, like, <laughs> 7 o'clock. And, like, I definitely... It didn't make me want to get out of bed in the morning. And it actually made me want to stay in bed in the morning. Right, right. But I think, yeah, I would say, like, the friends I had in high school kind of made it a lot better. Definitely. You played, uh, you played tennis, I remember... For all four years or three years? Yeah, I actually did. My freshman year, I was terrible. Yeah, I got. I think I got a little better sophomore year. Um, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, so the sophomore year, I wasn't on the lowest possible team, which was nice. So that was a nice achievement. And then I think junior year, I plateaued, and then senior year, I I went down again in skill. But uh, there was a. <laughs> There was a system on the tennis team where if you're on JV, like sophomore or junior year, you just get bumped up to varsity because you're like not allowed uh, as you're, as a senior because you're just not allowed to be on JV. So I was just kind of riding that bench, and I don't think I yeah I think I definitely got worse from like sophomore to junior to senior year, but it was right. still fun. Uh, just fun like time. I don't know, like being in a sport. It's just another social circle that you're in. Yeah, yeah, and um, a lot of our buddies were doing it too, so so that helped. Um, something I kind of something I kind of missed, and I kind of want to go back a little bit, um, was just kind of like your relationship with school um, and schoolwork as well. So I I think about you as I don't know, just one of the smartest people I know. Like, like, I don't know, when I think of you, Dash, I think of just a really smart guy. <clears throat> and there's an accomplishment in graduating University of Illinois with an engineering degree um, with a pretty high GPA from what I gathered. Um, so early on in school, did was there... Because I remember you did Kumon, right? That was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like being young and like like just enjoying it or like did you know for a while that you were just like better than people or <laughs> like um well so when you I you mentioned Kumon so um are you asking if I enjoyed that specifically or just kind well, of Well just like did did you like growing up did 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 you find joy in, like, classwork and homework? And did you think, like, did you think you were good at it? Or just kind of talk about that a bit. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I guess, yeah, Kumon was, like, um, that was, so it's just, like, a tutoring center. Um, and for people that don't know. Um, and I don't even know what year, I probably started going there probably for, like, three years, like, third grade to middle school or something like that uh but yeah i fucking hated that shit uh (laughs) 
it, it just I mean it was just kind of like more homework um and but what I I guess when I think back on it um it's kind of hard to say whether like how much that benefited me because it may well have been like a huge advantage you know um and I I feel like that's like kind of speaks to my parents parenting style um so I mentioned before they kind of chose that safe route they're just living in like the kind of cookie cutter house in the suburbs and nothing can really go wrong there um and then you put your kid in whatever uh tutoring and you're just kind of trying to give them the best chance possible you know um and and I'm sure that probably positively affected just like my schoolwork um I mean in elementary school in like fourth or fifth grade there was advanced math or whatever um and I guess throughout whatever there is advanced math right and advanced gifted whatever and And that was was you yeah I was in those and I don't think like (laughs) you know that meme where it's like you like the just the gifted kid meme where people are like yeah i was a gifted kid in in school and now like i'm depressed or whatever i just always think (laughs) that's i I think that's really funny and like yeah but no i don't i don't even know why i brought up that but i just (laughs) i always see people maybe in like 2018 i always saw people tweeting that shit they're like going to college but yeah i mean just like being in that shit uh I guess you're always, like, being told that you are better, you know, mm-hmm. at, at schoolwork, at least. And at school, at school just in general, like, has it just come pretty easy to you? Like, I think you that, like, much, no, I think it, like, kind of plays to my strengths. Like, I think I'm a good, like, exam taker, and I can, I, I mean, like, if you think about, like, what, like, what is school actually, like, test you know like you just gotta memorize some bullshit and then like be able to regurgitate it on an exam um mm-hmm. and then may and to some extent i'm I, and i i'm probably over general uh, over generalizing to like math and science stuff because i think for the most part that's what that is but yeah i think school was pretty easy interesting yeah so kind of what i what i gather from it is I don't know I kind of always stick back to like I think peers help too like I don't know when I'm just thinking about your your best friends in your formative years it was Marco and Paris who are two people who are also very fucking smart um, and are very successful at what they do and if you would have been friends with I don't know burnouty type people early on that could have affected things for sure I know, I know at least that's how it was kind of for me. Like, I, I, I feel very lucky to have met, like, kind of our group of friends because they kind of showed me that, <clears throat> I don't know, getting A's were cool. <laughs> getting A's were, like, expected. That's just, like, kind of what you do. Um, and, yeah, and if I would have stuck around, like, another crowd when I was in, like, middle school and high school, that shit could have changed me for sure. So, so I look at peers and I look at parents as well. Like, yeah, I think parents getting in on the tutoring shit early on. And I don't know. 
forcing you to do your homework and shit. Um, so those are two of the facets. And then the third facet is just like kind of like your own gift, I guess. Just being apt to it. Um, and I feel like you got all three. Yeah, I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> and that's all. I mean, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, no one did anything to be, like, more apt at, like, doing schoolwork or more apt at any subject. Um, so I guess it's just really the lottery. But do you think... I guess when you were saying, like, the people you associate with kind of pushing you to want to be more successful or as you put it like a's are a's are cool do you think yeah do i maybe whether it's like specifically me or just like other people do you think that put like pressure on you on a negative way um i don't know i i kind of look back at it where i am now and i and i remember thinking about this a lot like when i was first like applying to schools and stuff and kind of talked about it with my mom because like my mom would kind of always bring this up she'd be like oh your friends are so smart like this is great like you, you have such cool friends um yeah I guess I don't know yeah I look at it as just like a complete positive um you guys helped me get on track um but I guess it's all relative to I don't know <laughs> what you think's cool I guess um, and, I, and I guess, like, your peers help you find what you really like. Well, so what? We're young. Within most of Were there any, like, I don't know, like, when you think about your role models in high school or kind of like influential figures in your life early on um does anyone come to mind yeah so i think like a little bit of what i talked about earlier with my brother kind of being on just like a completely different level than me and being more of an uncle um i would say that yeah him definitely um i mean he went to u of i for chemical engineering and i saw him succeed at that and I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit here to college but uh, I also <laughs> went to U of I for chemical engineering and that's definitely one of the big influences that made that happen um, but yeah just I guess having a brother that has already been through that and has kind of gained his footing in life and he's been pretty successful um, that was definitely someone I looked up to cool so bro, broski. Um, so yeah, we can just we can just jump to that. So you um, ended up going to U of I to study engineering. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that process? Did you apply to other schools or? I do kind of remember actually. Yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I I don't I de definitely applied to more schools, but I definitely remember uh, applying to Berkeley. And I visited there too, so I really wanted to go there. Uh, I visited there; it was super cool, amazing weather, and I don't know. That's kind of where I wanted to, to be, um, but I didn't end up getting in there. <laughs> so, and I also like U of I. I don't know; it's like kind of close to home, and it was almost like the default option. Um, 
you know what I mean? Because if you think about like the people that go there, it's kind of all just people from the Chicago suburbs that are just kind of going to the state school. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I don't know. It was just kind of the the default option. I was like, I'm kind of going to do this. Uh, but as far as chemical engineering, I- I'm going to be honest, not a whole lot of thought went into that decision. Kind of just uh, was continuing the motion of where I was going. Um, in high school, I think like you're kind of pushed. Like if you're if if you're a high achiever in math and science, it's kind of like, oh, go to school for engineering, you know? Um, not that I, like, didn't want to do that. It was just, like, that was kind of what you do, and then I did it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. How, how do you think, uh, what, what do you think your path would have been if you went to Berkeley? <laughs> uh, I have no idea, but that would have been, <laughs> it would have been interesting. A California guy? I don't know. Is Ber- where is Berkeley? Is it like near the beach or? Uh, it's near San Francisco. Uh, it's a little okay. So Actually, it's I don't even know. I don't know for that for sure. Don't quote me on that. But I think yeah, it's pretty close to San Francisco. You go to U of I. Um, you live in a freshman dorm without knowing anyone. Correct. You kind of went in blind. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew some people from, like, knew of people from high school that I, like, wasn't really friends with that were going to, like, I'm, I I think a lot of people um, went, but in my dorm specifically, honestly, I got, like, a like a kind of shit dorm. Not that it turned out shit, but it's, yeah, it, it's called FAR, uh, so it's FAR, and it's literally in, like, the farthest corner of campus, and, um... It was just, it wasn't the greatest building, um, and the reason I was there is because I kind of, like, missed the sign-up period for dorms. I just was like, I don't know, I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just get whatever I get. So I signed up, like, a week after that, that's kind of what I ended up with, and I was on, like, the top floor, too, so it was, it was super annoying. Not an ideal situation. And, yeah, I didn't know anyone. My roommate um, was he was super quiet. I I honestly really liked him, but we didn't talk at all. Like, ever. <laughs> and it, it sounds kind of weird. It sounds weird, but we had, like, a mutual understanding. We would, uh, I don't know, we'd pass by each other. No, no words were exchanged, but we got along and there weren't any issues somehow. Hey, it could be, it could be way worse than that. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's kind like of... A lot, I think in a lot of cases, like, it's it's ideal scenario. I was about to say that it, that for me personally that that's my ideal scenario. We're just we're both there. We're not messing with each other, um, and we're we're just coexisting. Uh-huh. But, but so you said so you said it was yeah you kind of went in blind and you signed up too late and you got a pretty shitty situation. But it seemed like you ended up with an ideal situation by the end of freshman year as far as like your group of friends that you found mm-hmm. and that's pretty much where it was formed um just like a couple people on my floor so lucas and Fassel, they they were roommates and um they were a couple doors down for me uh, i don't know how we really met i think it might have just been one of those like kind of open door first week type things you know when you kind of leave your door open in the dorms People just walk in. I don't know. Maybe Fassel was just playing guitar or something with the door open, trying to look sick. I walked in. 
and that's how I met them. And then I don't, <laughs> and we were roommates for the rest of college. And then um, my other roommate, who was also there from the rest of college, was just somehow always around. He lived across campus, uh, but Shile, yeah, he he was just always around somehow. I I really I I literally don't know how he got there because he didn't live in our dorm, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I had a good group of people around me. So even though uh, at the surface it was probably the worst storm I could have gotten, I mean, it worked out pretty well for me. It takes people a while to make friends in college. It took me a while to make friends in college. So I feel like it was a pretty good scenario. And you had easy access to the Japanese gardens and the Idea Garden, um, too. Which, which is nice. Yeah, I remember going to U of I my freshman year and going to the dorm um, and meeting all the boys for the first time. Um, and they're a, they're a fantastic group of gentlemen. Some of my favorites. I really like those guys, and I really like um, like Tommy and Liam's crew in Ames as well. So I feel like we got um, some good connections out of that as well. Some good dudes. Um, but yeah, I remember going that first time and drinking, uh, uh, Everclear, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, it was like a distinct memory of like us passing around like an Everclear bottle while like Fassel and Lucas were doing like Bitcoin mining or like some, I don't know. It was like, uh, something. it was, it was bust a bit. It was a, uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> The, it was basically an online gambling site. Uh, where, uh-huh. I mean, it's not really uh, the Bitcoin. The only thing with Bitcoin is that that's just like the currency that you have to use on it. Um, right. But yeah, basically, it's a multiplier that goes up, and it, like it just goes up on your screen, and you're in for whatever you want. And then you, when you get out, that's like the multiplier that your money gets. But if you bust, then you lose all of it. So it's super entertaining, right. super addicting too. There were some people down there that were hardcore. Uh, I think we had like we were on like ten bucks in or something. Uh, but so freshman year happens, and then Marco um, transfers sophomore year. Um, so the, the homie we kind of talked about from the beginning ends up coming to Champagne as well, which was nice. Um, it, it was it was nice throughout college. Um, me be on be me being only forty five or so minutes away. Um, just be able to drive and have a group of boys to hang out with. Um, it was very nice. So what did you, so what was college like? Did you enjoy it overall in hindsight? Do you miss it? Um, just being a little less than a year out. Um, well, I think I, if I like reflect on my just overall college experience, I think I could have gotten more out of it. You know, I, I think the mentality that I went in with wasn't the best. I kind of was just trying to uh, get by with uh, with whatever satisfactory performance that I wanted at the minimal effort. Um, and I feel like, I, I mean, that worked out, but I think there was probably a lot, of more, a lot more things that I could have gotten involved in. But at the same time, I don't regret... Uh, the path that I took through college. I mean, I think most of the time was just spent, like, just getting my shit done and then just straight chilling. Um, and and yeah, some, of, some of my favorite 
bulls in college um, happened in Champaign, which I feel like kind of goes with goes with the vibe of the college and town in general. Um, it's much better than Bloomington for that <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, I'm wearing my uh, my Binnie's uh, unofficial T-shirt right now. <laughs> but. I only ended up making it once. You went to unofficial multiple times, right? Yeah, I guess I was just there, but um, we never really, I don't know, did we really like celebrate it that much? I think freshman year, I think we were, we were like super pumped about it, you know, like as a freshman coming in. Right, yeah. And we definitely drank too much, like too early in the morning. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I wasn't like super into the unofficial. It was a little too, I think U of I partying is already like a little bit too much and unofficial is just the epitome of that squished into one day but it's it, it's a fun time i think um the reason that i have fond memories of it is because people would always visit for it um and i think that's what made it good rather than it just being the shit by itself you know mm-hmm. for sure um yeah i remember this past unofficial I like, I think I had two burritos in one day, like looking back on it. I think I had <laughs> Chipotle for lunch <laughs> and then <laughs> and then for dinner we had that like Mexican place that was like right down the street from you. Mm. So I consumed like a fuck ton of calories from beer and then ate two giant burritos. Um, so my body wasn't, and then Joe fucking got pulled over. Um, <laughs> Or not pulled over. His car broke down on the way home. I, I talk about this with. Oh, Bob. I forgot that that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <high> on a fit. <laughs> yeah, his, his car broke down, and it's like the worst day for it because we were like calling people to come help us, but literally everyone was shit faced, and no one could. <laughs> exactly. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and why did you guys even have to leave that night? Was there like because someone... I yeah because I had. I forget, someone else might have had to go home, too, but I had to leave that next morning at 6 a.m. for my alternative spring break trip uh, to North Carolina. <laughs> so I was, like, still drunk on the bus, like, mm. full from those two burritos, um, just trying to survive. And, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> right before Rona, like, the week of, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I think it was, I mean, at that point, it was known. It was, it was known that it was a thing. Um, I don't think it was really, I mean, I'm sure it was in the United States, but it wasn't like a, there was no, I think the stay-at-home order was probably like two weeks from that, but everything really, I, and school wasn't canceled or anything at that point, but I think we were probably joking around about it. Yeah. Um, just so like fucking where, around. So where were you... What were you doing when Tom Hanks got COVID? <laughs> um, I don't know. The, see, these are the things I should have remembered that moment. I I do remember <laughs> just scrolling through Twitter. I yeah, and just seeing that. And that were I think you that's, in? Were you in Champagne? I I was in Champagne because I, I I actually stayed there um, for a few months after school was canceled, but. Yeah, I think honestly, Tom Hanks getting COVID was the start of it all, right? That was the beginning. That was when it got bad here. Yeah the the two the two moments. Yeah, it was like that, and then just like I think Ferran saying that OSU got canceled. That's when I was like, oh fuck, like this is gonna affect us. 
And then... I feel like uh, OSU getting canceled, it was like, oh, this affects us. And then Tom Hanks was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is gonna I never... Me. I did not think it was gonna affect our lives in any meaningful way. Because I had been, like, seeing stuff about it, um, like, in China in, like, January and shit. And it was just so far removed from our world. And... Yeah, it's I guess it's still crazy to think about. But. Interesting. Did you um did you date in college? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh so I had like one more serious relationship. I think I don't even know if you did you you met her, right? Glow. I never I never met Glow. Really? I was in uh yeah, I was in I was in Yellowstone, I think the summer that she was around. I'm pretty sure. Cuz I remember you guys um, went to like a concert and people like met her but I was like gone um, <laughs> so was she like your one girlfriend in college or did you yeah pretty much yeah that yeah pretty much um, and how how did that happen uh tinder <laughs> tinder yeah so yes. uh, I mean it, it wasn't like a I don't think it was ever like intended to be like a long term relationship at least from my end um we kind of just met on Tinder, uh, like you'd meet anyone else on Tinder, just started hanging out, and then we started dating, I guess, because we were hanging out that much. Uh, so it kind of, it wasn't really like, I don't think I was really seeking anything out, and I don't know if she was seeking anything out, but it kind of just happened. And looking back on it now, um, positive experience overall? Did yeah. Did you learn anything from it? Yeah, definitely. I think I, I look on it positively. Uh, I mean, I yeah, we did break up like a year ago or something, but that was like really my first serious relationship. So I, I think I learned a lot about being in a relationship. Um, just like thinking about someone other than myself. Yeah, just I, I, I think I matured a lot through that relationship. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely look back on it positively. Um, obviously, there is, like, some bullshit that happened, whatever. Uh -huh. But um, overall, yeah. That's, that's the game, right? Yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Have you uh, been actively pursuing since? Obviously, COVID makes things tough, but... Yeah, I mean, I think pre-COVID, I was, like, casually, uh, like... I guess on Tinder again or Bumble or whatever, whatever. Uh, but I've always kind of treated that like I've never been like super into the dating apps. Uh, it's it's almost more of like a phone game to me. You know, I think it's like super fun to swipe. Like it's it's bad, but it's just it, it's just really entertaining. And then like I don't even like message that many people, and then the people I do like I rarely meet up with, but. Yeah, so I haven't really been seriously looking, and then I haven't had Tinder for a while. Not really because I don't want to, but I just haven't updated my profile. And I feel like I, lo I, I look different now. I don't know what to put for my bio, you know? So I, I, I you got to put your best foot forward. You can't just have a half-ass profile. That's what people you do. see. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, like, I, I want to like, tell you... Um, that like, oh, you should, you should hop on Hinge because that, that has seemed to like work. I think 
that's where Kevin met his girlfriend right now. Um, that's where Halpin met his girlfriend as well. Um, and that's where I met a girl I've been seeing a bit. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it anymore. I feel like it's just like all of them. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it, it, it was like, it's branded like it's different for sure. It's, I, it's branded I, like it's different, but I'm, I'm running to, into the exact same bullshit. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's worth a shot for sure, but it's all kind of iffy. I feel like I'm not, I don't know. It works for a lot of people, but I feel like my vibe is more so going to be meeting someone mutual. It's definitely changed shit forever in the sense that I think it's, I don't know. I think it's, there are like safety concerns with it, but I think it's like much safer um, to do that kind of thing. So it's much safer to like talk to someone and then meet at a bar than just like try and pick up random people at a bar, like especially from a female perspective. Um, so I think there are definitely positives, but overall. Well, I guess I, guess I should we'll wrap. Would we'll do again? Sure. Uh, but I guess I should. I, I kind of glossed over it. So the reason it ended, I feel like I should acknowledge, is just... And it's weird because I've heard this from a friend just, like, talking about his girlfriend breaking up with him for, like, a similar reason. So I've seen the other perspective. But I think for me, really, I mean, there was some things that I was annoyed about um, at the time. But I think I kind of felt trapped. Um, and the relationship almost felt restrictive to me and I think it uh I don't think it's I don't think it's anything that she did at all um or maybe it was but I think it was more of my perception of the freedoms that I was that you have to give up to be in a relationship right not that um I needed to do things or I there there just I felt like there were things that I couldn't do while being in a relationship and I mean they're de you're definitely tied down in a sense but I think I don't think that was completely rational I think it was more of just that feeling of uh, a lack of freedom I guess do you have an example of something you couldn't do something I couldn't do yeah or are you just talking more generally I'm I, I'm talking more generally in the sense that, that what what yeah exactly you're asking like what's an example of that and that's why I say that that thought process wasn't really rational. Um, it's it's I think it's more of a reflection of my personality and the fact that if I I guess if I wanted to do something it would it would kind of. I would assume that I would have to let Glow know, you know? I couldn't just do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And, that, and yeah. something about that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I yeah. don't think that's, like, a healthy way to be. Um, and it's that's just a normal compromise that you have to make being in a relationship. And probably something that I need to work on myself. But So, so the next go-around, you'll work on communicating that earlier. Um, yeah. Setting boundaries and whatnot. Okay, interesting. Um, can you think back to um, a time in your life where you were depressed or you struggled 
for a while and how you overcame that. This sounds kind of like an interview question, but I'm curious. It, it does. Um, what really comes to mind there is probably the summer in between freshman and sophomore year of college. That was kind of like the weed summer. I mean, I still smoke a shit ton of pot, but that was like a, a point that I can kind of look back and say that that was a legitimate problem in that I just kind of felt like shit all the time. And so I would wake up and smoke weed all the time. Um, and it's not a point that I want to go back to at any time. Um, I think I, there's probably other times where I've been able to rationalize just whatever hitting my pen at night. And I think a, a lot of just like smoking weed casually is perfectly fine, but I don't even know what, what it necessarily stemmed from, but yeah, that was a, that was a pretty dark time. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that I'm, as for how I've overcome it, uh, I, I wouldn't see the say that I have completely overcome it, you know? I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm completely happy, you know? So how, do you have a, like a coping mechanism? Like I was talking to, we took, me and Ragman talked about this like a lot, and his big thing has been meditation, um, he talks about it a lot, and it's inspiring to me. I haven't been able to really do it yet, um, but I'd like to. <laughs> Hopefully, one day we'll see. Um, what do you have? Anything similar, like a coping mechanism to get through anxiety? Um, I think I, I'm sure I have many unhealthy coping mechanisms, but I think in terms of a healthy one, I think just turning all the lights off in my room, listening to some music. And that's always been just super therapeutic to me. Um, I, I I don't know. It's kind of just yeah. I, I, that's gotten me through it many times. And that's uh, I, it's a reason of kind of a lot of the music that I like that it's kind of gotten me through times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the what's what's your relationship like with weed now? Because um, I kind of am looking at it now. Um, I've had, so when it was worse, when it was worse for me was when, um, I would have a pen or whatever and I would kind of hit it, like you, like you said, kind of hit it in the morning, but for me it wasn't really like a summer thing when I don't have anything to do. It was like when I had a, a fuck ton of shit to do, um, I would smoke weed instead, um, and either not do it or go and do it high, um, which definitely was like a turning point for me where I knew, that was like the first time where I recognized in myself that I had a problem <laughs> and maybe that I should go to AA, AA for weed, uh, WA, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So where, where are you kind of at with it now? Well, I guess, so, near, I think it was near the start of this year, I was, I was more concerned, I think there's an argument to be made that it's, it's kind of just, it's not great for your mental health, especially if you're depressed, anxious, whatever, but, um, I was trying to make as little of an effect on my physical health as possible, um, 
so I started vaporizing. You know my little vaporizer. Uh, yeah, dime. I'm gonna uh, get one soon. <laughs> exactly. So, so I was, I was on that for a while, and that kind of at least made me feel a little better about the habit. But I was still like an everyday user, and and, and nowadays I'm in my parents' house. And I don't, I don't know if they know I'm a stoner, but uh, <laughs> I mean it's not a thing that I can do openly. So I kind of just have a pen, and I don't really hit it during the day. I think I hit it, like, most nights, and maybe I shouldn't, but I'm at a point where, personally, I think I I can control myself, and I think that's... I think if I have a cart that can be hit at any time, and I'm not hitting it at any time, that's a... That's a good indicator. That, yeah, yeah, that's a good indicator of it. Yeah, I've definitely been at... Um... Yeah, like kind of during quarantine, I was starting to run into the issue again of just like smoking all day. Um, but in the last few months, I've kind of gotten my routine in order, and I've been very good about holding off till seven or eight um, when I'm done with all my shit. And yeah, I feel good about it too. Um, yeah, it, it's something that I, yeah I talk about with a lot of you guys. I talk about it with Liam quite a bit. Um, it's it's an interesting battle. Um, 20-somethings have to face um, how much is too much how much is the right amount you've got a 9 to 5 so I'll take the night shift and I'll never see you again if I can help it in five I hope the songs feel like covers Dedicated to So what are... So you mentioned just general... So just general sadness now. Um, what, what would you say, like, the general basis of that is? Does it have to do with COVID at all? Or is there anything kind of deeper there that you've been working through? Um, well, I don't think COVID's helped, but I don't think it's hurt. Well, I guess, I'll, yeah, so with COVID specifically, I think, I don't think it was really good for me in the fact that it, it the one the COVID started, I was still looking for a job and I had kind of pushed it off. So this is spring semester before I graduate. Um, and I had pushed it off because... I just don't like getting things done if they don't need to be done right that second. So it, it kind of gave me an excuse almost. Um, obviously, it is somewhat of an excuse because the job market was terrible. But um, yeah, I, I think it kind of gave me an excuse to not pursue it as hard, um, which is almost counterintuitive. Uh, just because it's harder, it kind of made me feel more defeated about it. But um, but also made me, it almost made it okay to be like, oh, it's just, it's COVID, so that's that, that's kind of why I'm just kind of getting fucked over here. So you, have, you, have like, an, you have you have an excuse. Yeah, so it was a loss of responsibility. Everyone, everyone's almost. fucked. Like yeah, so I just I kind of lost all accountability um, on that front. Mm -hmm. But I mean, before that, I think it's I think it's more stemming from what I really think would fulfill me in life and I, I, I don't really know that um, 
I, I guess feel, I was, I yeah, feel. I was talking about how, you know, I'm not super passionate about my job, but I, I mean, I don't think that's like a, I mean, I think that's a place where almost everyone's at, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't, I think there's a pretty small percentage of people that love their job so much that they just want to go in every day, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've always been of the of the feeling that I would kind of just get a job and pursue the things that made me happy outside of that. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if that's like a reasonable thing to expect because a job's a lot of. Uh... It is. It is. It's exhausting. Um, I don't have much brain capacity to do anything. I was tutoring today. Um, oh my god! I had this interaction with. A lady who, like, we were messaging back and forth for, like, five minutes. And then it finally started going somewhere. And I was like, oh, like, um, what, kind of, what kind of paper are you writing? Um, and she was like, oh, it's, it's an essay. <laughs> and we just kept going back and forth for, like, 45 minutes. And I just wanted to jump through my computer and strangle her. Um, this was, like, 45 minutes ago. So <laughs> it feels much nicer to be here talking to you but yeah no i i feel that for sure um it sucks working sucks but Mm -hmm. anyway and i almost feel like i think i might have talked about this uh earlier but just not really knowing what i think there's there's a kind of a distinction between choosing or having to sacrifice what you want to do to make things work practically but I just, I don't feel passionate about, enough about everything, anything, uh, to really, to really want to do something. Uh, and that's just kind of sad, I think. I think that, that part of it is one of the things that makes COVID a negative. There's a lot less, there's a lot less avenues to explore when you can't go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like a, I feel like a lot of passions um, are built off people, too, and just like meeting people and figuring out what people do. Um, and you can't fucking meet anyone, so um, I think it'll get easier for sure. <clears throat> when did you first hear of car seat headrest? Probably like like twenty. I think whatever the we, when we were going to Lollapalooza and partying hard at Lollapalooza, I remember. Uh, they were there, uh, I think in like 2016, and I think I might have just like seen their name on the, uh, or I might have like probably like heard of like drunk drivers or something. So this is like soon after Teens of Denial was released, probably came up on my Discover Weekly or something, and I saw that they were going to be at Lala, and I kind of just started liking them a lot. I guess to my earlier comments when I say that a lot of music that I really like is music that has gotten me through some shit. Uh, yeah, I think Car Seat Headrest is kind of what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. In that comment. Yeah. Um, yeah, they probably are my favorite band for that uh-huh. reason. Yeah, they're they're really awesome. <laughs> and I, uh, I was so excited to see fucking them in Twin Peaks in Milwaukee, which just would have been so fucking fun. And mm-hmm. That was supposed to be in May. Obviously, that didn't happen. I'm really looking forward to getting back to shows, um, like we were kind of talking about next summer. 
Um, and when I kind of think about God, I was just thinking that I have a, <laughs> I just have a prediction or what I'm hoping is going to happen is that everyone that got their tour canceled and everyone that was gonna go on tour this year and everyone that was going to go on tour last year is just going to all be on tour at the same time. And it's just going to be, so it's awesome just going to fuck. Music. Yeah. And I think, I think that will hopefully, like, I don't know, there's, there's so much shit about, like, save the stages in Chicago, like, everywhere I drive around. There's, like, signs mm-hmm. um, up in the windows and stuff like that. And I, f- I feel like that, I feel like once those venues are able to open again, those that survive, I feel like will thrive. Um, because everyone took them for granted, basically. Um musicians and fans alike so mm-hmm. yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be like a new a new little wave um it'll be awesome and yeah and I, and I think i think back to our relationship and just music has been an integral part of that listening to music together is always fun going we've gone to a few shows together um I, we went to the grape tooth show um, mm-hmm. that's Italia the one Hall. that kind of instantly came to mind um, yeah <laughs> that, that shit was so fucking fun we saw dead dead open for them um mm-hmm. and I, like i i think yeah my uh my ears i think still ring from uh like clay banging the the drums like, yeah they turned <laughs> they turned up the volume like <laughs> double during blood yeah. And, yeah yeah that shit was so fucking loud but but yeah i'm I can't wait to attend concerts with you again. And I can't wait to... Lots of good festival experiences as well. I remember um, you, me, and Rogman um, camping out for Muse um, for like an hour. Uh, this was when I like poured and Sam and Joe both lost, both lost their phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I remember like maybe like 30 seconds before Muse went on, um, Yudesh passed out. And <laughs> it was like a very funny... <laughs> it was a very funny thing that Ragman and I had to deal with because, well, from our perspective, we... This this wasn't like the first time. It wasn't the happened. first time. It wasn't. So, so we knew like he was good. Like he... This just happens. Like he gets a little dehydrated, um, and he passes out, but then he bounces back up and he's fine. Um, but like the group of people like around us <laughs> couldn't like put two and two together. So there was like a bunch of people around us like like giving us dirty looks and being like, "Aren't you gonna go like check on your friend?" <laughs> and Robin were like, like, "Nah, he's good." Uh, he's good. <laughs> and really, oh no, it really it, uh, no, is being super dehydrated being in like a huge group of yeah. people smoking some weed getting kind of right. anxious and how we, and how, straight passing out yeah and i got no i guess I, <laughs> and like, how we justified oh, it <laughs> no they passed they passed me up uh through the crowd and then brought me to the med tent and then when i got there i was i was pretty much good and they <laughs> <laughs> they gave me like a bottle of water and yeah. So I guess someone asked, like, "Oh, like, what are you doing here?" I was like, "Oh, I just like needed some water," and I just walked out. So, yeah, it was chill. But I, <laughs> that I, I could definitely see being a bystander and being like, "That's kind of fucked up." Yeah, <laughs> we, we, 
Yeah, we justified it as, like, he wouldn't have wanted us to leave. Um, so we, we knew we No, I wouldn't have, even if I had actually died. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, festivals, I miss. I'm, I'm very excited to, I, I really want to get to Bonnaroo, hopefully, in the next couple years. Um, I think that would be a very fun squad activity, uh, just to camp out. Yeah, I've never done a camping festival, actually, so. I yeah, I did one, fun. I did one, um, in Iowa called Hinterland. Um, after I came back from Yellowstone, I feel like Rue would be different in the sense that it would just be fucking massive. Um, and I like that they have like the after hours stage where it goes to like 4am and shit. Um, so yeah, one day. (laughs) Well, while while we're on the topic of shit, honestly, you asked me earlier about coping mechanisms and I think. Going to shows was kind of like one of my biggest releases, which is one of the, the I think the worst part about COVID, just not being able to do that. But yeah. it, it just kind of having something to look forward to, I guess. Even um, even when it's even when it's like a month out or mm-hmm. something, that's still yeah, like it's still it's like oh like in a month I'm gonna see this band like that's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, can't wait, and especially. I don't know. My my big thing with moving to Chicago and then moving to New York, that's kind of one of the main reasons just to always be just be able to hop on a train and go somewhere. Um is very appealing to me. And it fucking sucks that we can't do that. It's yeah, it's concerts and for me movie theaters as well. Two things that I can do that I can do solo and I've always been able to do solo. Um and still have just like a great time um, and release some endorphins. and Yeah, so that sucks for sure. This is a good talk. Good mm-hmm. talk. I wanted to ask if you've ever like had a fallen out with someone. Is that something you've experienced? I don't think I'm a person that really has like a, a, a messy falling out with someone. That's not really my style. Um, and that's not really how it goes, but what does happen is that I can kind of, I think it's easy for me to kind of, uh, lose touch with people. Um, just kind of when I'm, when I'm away from people and you're kind of doing your own thing and whether it's, if it's like I'm at school, have my friends there, it's, it's kind of easy for me to forget about everything else. And and I think that's definitely caused me to neglect some relationships that should be that I should be reaching out to people and that I'm not. And that that's the only thing that I could really say about that is that uh, yeah, I think I have when I have a falling out with someone, it's 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 not a thing. It's just not a thing anymore. And. That that's something I definitely want to work on. Um, just being uh, obviously, that goes both ways. If the other person isn't reaching out to me, but, yeah, it's, it's a two way street for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, I think I'm just I'm I'm bad at that. Yeah, and, I feel that. Yeah, that's something. That's something I struggle with. Um, I was thinking about it today. Yeah, I just wish. I think I I think I'm generally. Um, 
pretty decent about it. Um, I'm someone who tends to be the plan maker in relationships I have, um, tends to be the person who calls a little more, um, which is kind of a role I've just kind of taken on. Um, kind of stemming from a fact that, I don't know, I just kind of need it. I think I'm a little more um, of an empath and a little more, uh, what's the word, extroverted in that way. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about it today, I wish just, like, I wish just people would text me more. <laughs> like, it, it always, like, makes me really happy uh, when someone gives me a call or texts me. Um, well, I'll be sure to. Yeah, but, yeah, but just so. know that when I when I do say that and that I'm bad at reaching out to people, but I have I have a terrible habit of just thinking about oh this would be a great you know when you think of someone uh, something reminds you of them and I'll be like oh this is a great time to reach out to them and be like hey I saw this thing maybe thank you yeah and that'll be on my to do list for that day. And then I'll be like, ah, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. It'll get pushed off to the next day. And then until it's to the point where I'm like, oh, can I even hit them up about that? Or is it too late now? And then it kind of just, that it, I, I follow that path way too many times. And it's really dumb. But uh-huh. it's not that I'm not thinking about the people. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, just your style. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's not, it's not a bad thing to communicate with friends as well um, which has been something that I've thought about doing with certain people um, just being like hey I need a little more attention from you please <laughs> and there's like nothing really wrong with that um, it's, no I don't think there's anything wrong with I, that. I think it's, some people should tell me that Spotify wrapped I wanted to talk about so you said your numbers were low because you've been gaming. Yeah, so I was I'm at like I was at like 13,000 this year and I'm not like a I'm I'm not a stat patter, you know. I I usually don't have that many. And then um but it was definitely uh it was probably like around like half of the minutes that I have in a normal year, which is odd because I think a lot of people this year had a lot more than they usually have. Um but yeah, a lot of that is just because I've been straight up addicted to gaming, um, and it's it's honestly been a problem. Like in the early pandemic, I would be, you know, I think a lot of people are bored during this time. But I've been like, there's like things I want to do. I've been on episode or season four, episode eleven of The Sopranos for like three weeks now because I I like want to get it done but like i don't have time to do it because i'm just like playing games until i have to go to bed yeah and yeah yeah i <laughs> i don't have time but um yeah it's kind of just i i think it's and and now i'm uh i'm planning on building a gaming pc that's probably not going to help the addiction might be able to might i might have to game more just to justify the purchase but um yeah, and that's it's not only reflected in the the amount of music I was listening to, but also if you look at uh my top 5 artists, I think I don't think it changed from last year at all. Uh I think I it might I 
I don't think it changed much, but and and I I have a feeling it, I didn't actually look back. At, I don't know if I had, like you can even access that, but I just remember it being the exact same, and that's kind of a reflection on me. Just I I don't think I really sought out new stuff as much, which really sucks. Oh, and when I think about like times where I'm in my life where I'm not as happy, and I feel like there's always like a, a point in the year where. I'm not like listening to music, not finding new music. And, and I think that I think I'm less happy during those times. It's probably something I should prioritize. Interesting. Something I tried to do and it went, it went well for maybe like two months is like, I kind of had a new year's, new year's resolution. Um, like I think my junior year of college. So like, the first couple months of second semester of junior year, um, I listened to a new album every day. Um, which, like, I don't know, when you when you think of the time in a day, that's really not that difficult, um, just considering how much time we spend on our phones anyway, like 45 minutes mm-hmm. while you're walking somewhere or working on something. Um, but that's a good way to hit a lot of the classics you want to hit, hit discover new things and yeah I've, I, I keep wanting to do that more um, and maybe I'll start um, I think to Liam maybe a couple of weeks ago about getting a group chat of music heads and everyone like I don't know trying maybe like splitting it up where someone like recommends an album like every day or something um, just to expand our horizons a bit and kill some time during the pandemic. Um, I might work on that. Stay tuned. That'd be pretty cool. But I don't think when you you mentioned your 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 album a day thing and how it doesn't seem like that much, but that's that sounds super overwhelming to me. Super like uh, like a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot because I think I, whenever I try to listen to a new album, I I, I can't really be doing anything else. Or I'll kind of just be like, oh, I kind of like forgot what all that shit sounded like. Like if I'm listening to something new, I try to just be listening to that. And honestly, are you, I know you're a person that kind of like likes to have stuff on in the background. Um, just music. I, I I can't do that at all. I try, like I've tried to do it while I'm working. Even like less like lyrically driven shit, but I really, I think it just kind of makes me, I, my focus is just divided between the two and I can't do it. So kind of when I'm, when I'm, and I guess the two exceptions are if I'm driving or if I'm walking, um, great times to listen to music. But other than that, it's kind of, I'll be like, I want to listen to this right now and I'll put my headphones on and listen. But yeah, I'm constantly stimulated. It's just kind of how I am. Like... I don't know, in college I would just always have I would just always have my AirPods in. Like default. I listen to an audiobook or a podcast while I eat breakfast. Then I go biking and do deliveries. I'm either listening to meek or a podcast. And I come home, I eat lunch, and I watch Netflix. And then I tutor and I watch a movie or something. Um, and then I take a shower, listen to music, uh, <laughs> eat dinner, watch T V, uh, and then go to bed. So it's kind of a lot. So I should maybe think about 
um, incorporating some silence into my life. And I think meditation might help with that. So another thing I should get on as well. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've thought about this. I think maybe not what makes me tick right now, but what I would hope to make me tick in the future and kind of what I, I talked about not knowing what's going to give me fulfillment in life. And I, I think a lot of like my inner struggle right now is kind of balancing like having a job, other stuff I want to do in life and like what's the point of this job, you know? I'm getting money. What am I going to do with that? There's a certain point where you have to have a job to have the right to live basically, right? Um just be able to pay your bills, have a place to live, eat food. Uh but beyond that, and then I and then I think beyond that and I think okay, I can buy a PC to play games at higher resolution, but I was I was thinking about like what's really the point, you know? And the o- the only thing I can think of is I mean the love you have for others and being loved by others. That's like that that's that's really the only point that's a point if i had to say that there is a point of life then that's what i'd say it was and i don't think i think if you if you met me i don't know if i don't think i come off that way personally uh maybe i don't know maybe i do maybe i don't um but that's kind of i don't know that's where i kind of want to be at and that's probably not that's not where i've always it's all about love baby Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I can get there. I think think I'm. I'm part of the way there already. I think I have. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. Thanks for coming on the pod. Um, And yeah, now that you've been on, I hope I hope you'll come on again as a recurring guest um, in the future. And uh, yeah, this was it was great catching up. It was super fun. I've never been on a podcast before. And that was honestly something I was like, I kind of want to be a guest on a podcast. It could be fun. So when you asked me, I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to do that. (laughs) Thanks again to Yudesh for joining me for this episode of Innocence Lost. Um, It was a lot of fun catching up with him, and it's been a lot of fun living with him. Um, these past couple months. Uh, He's one of my best friends, and I'm looking forward to a long relationship filled with lots of music and laughs. Thanks to you all for listening as well. I'm starting to hash out the release schedule for this show. It's going to be bi-weekly, just because it's worked for me in the past, um, and it doesn't seem like too crazy of a workload. Um, So yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, or you want to come on, uh, shoot me a text or call me. Um, (laughs) As I mentioned in the show, I love that. So uh, peace, have a good one.